You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And as we are in Vision Sunday and we look at uh, vision, uh, think about uh, God does have a plan. And He has a plan not just for our church, He has a plan for you, for your life, for every one of us. Isn't it amazing that we have a God who not only loves the world, He loves me. Not only does He have a plan for some people, He has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. And what a, what a blessing that that is, and we can come before Him and uh, look into His Word and find the uh, direction that we need in life. We're going to look at several verses, but let's look again at our text this morning. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18, the first part of the verse there, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Psalm 119, uh, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God not only has a plan for our life, but he also, in that plan for our life, he gives us some direction. He, he has his word to, to give us that light. He said, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. When I was younger, my brother and I, we had we had a dog. We were living still in a city. We were in Tacoma, uh, Washington, and my dad was in the railroad, was a, a switchman for the railroad, and it was, uh, we had a storm come in, and our dog got out, uh, and it was snow everywhere, and, and I remember going and looking for our dog, and my brother was in front of me, and he had uh, the railroad lantern uh, that he was holding on to, and uh, we started going down this uh, path to try to uh, find our dog. It was a Cocker Spaniel, and we're looking for our dog. Her name was Lady, and we were calling for her. And uh, my brother was holding on to this light, and as we were going down, uh, he, was, he was holding the light so we could see where we were going. Uh, but with the snow and the ice, he wiped out, and he, he, he falls, and that lantern comes all the way back, and it caught me right there. And I've laid me right open. I think I got uh, 13 stitches across my forehead here uh, where it laid me open there. But I, I remember using that lantern. It was, uh, it was a lamp unto our feet. It was showing us where to step. But there are other types of lights that are more directional. You'll have a, a light. I've got one next to my, uh, my bed, on my bed stand, and uh, it is, it's a flashlight, and it's one of those flashlights that when you hit it on, whoever it's pointed at is blind. It's, it is a bright uh, light. It is a, uh, a very bright light. Uh, last night, the alarm went off and uh, here at the church, and uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, the sheriff department, they knocked on Brother Rick's uh, RV, and he opens the door, and all of a sudden, there's a light right in his 
right in his face. He couldn't see anything. And the deputies, they were making sure that they were in a safe spot, uh, opening. Uh, they wanted to make sure that they weren't in a bad spot. So they had the light right in his face when he opened the, uh, the door there. Uh, and, you know, a light, uh, it, is, it is something, you have a lamp that is right there, directional where you're at. And then you have a light to show you the path that you're going down. You know, God's word is that way. He gives us not just direction to help us see what that next step should be. He also gives us some light. His word is a light unto our path, lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. So we can see down the road a little bit. So we can see what direction we should go. So we can see what is coming. And God's word is that way. He wants us to know what uh, his will is in our life. And so uh, we see that where there is no vision, the people perish. But he said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 4.25, he said, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look, look straight before thee. Uh, God wants us to have direction. You know, when we think about the text verse this morning, it's a verse that if you've been in church any period of time, you've heard it used over and over again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And usually we look at that and we think about that in an organizational structure, but it doesn't tell us that that's what the purpose is. This morning I want to speak to you on the subject, what's your vision? What's your vision? You see, God has given us a life to live. And he wants us to follow the direction he has for us. But he said, where there is no vision, the people perish. Helen Keller, you've heard about her, a, a young girl who was blind and deaf and uh, went through all kinds of struggles, uh, learning how to be able to read and, and, and how to uh, communicate and became a, a great author and a great communicator. Uh, but this, this young, this lady uh, who was blind uh, from 16 or 18 months old uh, and deaf, uh, later in life she said, what a tragedy it is to see and have no vision. There are a lot of people that see, but they have no vision. What's your vision? What's your vision? Father, I pray that you'd bless now in the next few moments and take your word and challenge each and every one of us. I pray that you would help us, uh, Lord, just to grow. Help us, Lord, to catch a glimpse of what we should have a vision for. And, uh, and Lord, may you just use this to be able to help your people. Uh, maybe there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Savior. I pray today would be the day that they uh, put their faith in you. For those that are here that know you as their Savior and have uh, are living a life that's following you, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to truly have vision uh, for what you want to do in our lives. And so help us now, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. So here, when we look at where there is no vision, the people perish. First of all, I want you to see what are some things that you should have a vision for. Number one, 
your future. Your future. You know, God gives us a lot of levity in what we are going to do in our life. You know, Romans chapter 12 tells us uh, proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And when we look at, uh, we look at that, uh, we see, okay, well, there is a good will of God. There's an acceptable will of God. There's a perfect will of God. Uh, when, we, when we look at that, of course, the perfect will of God, that would be the bullseye. Uh, that's, the, that's that center point of that target that you are shooting at uh, as an archer uh, going, going hunting or whatnot. Uh, we'll go back and we've got uh, some targets back here and we'll, uh, we'll practice our archery. And you know, when you're shooting your, your bow, uh, you, you have a target uh, that you are shooting at. I remember when I was a kid, uh, we, I, had a, I had a bow. My parents got me a bow, and I was a, a 30, 40-pound compound bow. And, and I remember that I would go out, and I would shoot that thing all the time. And uh, sometimes I would hit what I was shooting at. Other times I would not. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you just were shooting arrows and you had really no target, it wasn't very fun. There was, there was no use of it. But we had a pond in the front yard, and there was ducks out in that pond. And so uh, I, had, I had lots of targets. Uh, as long as mom wasn't home, it was all good. Uh, and so uh, we would, we would uh, uh, have some targets to shoot at. Uh, but, you know, that perfect is the bullseye. That's, that's where we're trying to hit. We're trying to hit what is it the closest thing that God has for my life. So there's the perfect will of God. There's the acceptable will of God. Maybe that's that next uh, that next. Uh, circle out from there. And then there's the goodwill of God. And that's with on, it's on paper. That's in the target itself. Now, when you look at good, uh, it doesn't mean that it's the best. It just, it's good. It's the term good, not bad. It's the term that I would look at and say, this is acceptable. This is okay. And so uh, God, God says, proving what is that good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, uh, someone has explained it like this. They said, if you had a table and you were looking at uh, this table, anything that's on the table, you can choose. But anything that's off the table is off limits. You know, God is that way with us. There are some things in life that are just off limits. There are things that God would look at and say, hey, as a believer, you have no business doing this. There are, there are things that would be, uh, that a person would do that would uh, be evil. There are occupations, there are activities that we could do that would be sinful. And those things are just off the table. For the believer, God doesn't ever ask us to choose between good and bad. He tells us to choose between good, better, and best. But evil or wrong or sin, it's not even in the equation. You don't have to determine, well, am I going to do this, which is a sin, or am I going to do this, which is not a sin? Well, that shouldn't even be part of the equation. As a believer, we should be choosing uh, to do what we know uh, God would want us to do. And the things that he would not want us to do should not even be in the equation. We shouldn't even be considering that. Uh, but we see here, though, uh, that uh, God says, here, where there is no vision, the people perish. And you and I, in our life, we need to have a vision for our future, for our future. Uh, when, take your Bibles, go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, look with me at verse number 8. 
We'll read down through verse number 10, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 8. Good to hear those Bibles turn in. Hebrews 11, verse number 8. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know, as we look at this, what do we find? We find that Abraham, uh, who is uh, the father of our faith, we look at him as a, uh, as a patriarch of the faith. This individual was one who was was living by faith. Uh, he was looking at his future and he was saying, Lord, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to live? What, what direction? And, and God gave him direction to go. He said, I want you to go and seek for a city whose builder and maker is God. Can you imagine, ladies, if your husband came home and said, hey, we're moving. We're moving. Yeah, God said it's time to move. So we're putting the house on the market, we're selling everything, and we're moving. Where are we going? I don't know yet. We're just on a journey. Mrs. Brown would be having a problem with that kind of a plan. She would, she would not be happy with that. Uh, and Sarah was in that spot. Uh, but what happened? Uh, there was a future that God had for Abraham, and God didn't give him all the destinations, and he didn't give him how it was all going to work out. But he said, listen, this is what I want you to do. This is the way I want you to go. And by faith, he started taking that step. Now, the blessings that Abraham got to enjoy, he was the father of many nations. From his seed came the Messiah. You, you start looking at all that God had blessed him with. Abraham became a rich man. Abraham was a blessed individual. Abraham uh, was able to enjoy so many blessings that came from the hand of God, but they came because he followed God's plan for his future. You know, there are blessings that God has for us, but if we don't follow his plan, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. We can try to hang on to our security. We can try to hang on to our identity. We can try to hang on to what we want to accomplish. But if we're going to be able to enjoy the blessings that God has for us, we've got to realize that there's a future that he has for us. And, and in that future that he has for us, we've got to start taking some steps and take them uh, by faith. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, who was the 36th president of the United States, he was the uh, vice president president to John F. Kennedy uh, when he was assassinated and became uh, the uh, president. Uh, and he, he said this, yesterday is not ours to recover, he said, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. You know, we can try to live in the past or we can recognize we have a future. You know, we need to have a vision for our future. We need to have a vision for our future. You know what? Our kids, they need to have a vision for their future. Just existing is not a vision. And just existing does not bring blessings. 
You know, in that, when God, God gives us opportunities, he has given us a free will to be able to choose so many things. And in that life that he has given us those liberties uh, and those freedoms, we need, we need to have some vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. People perish without vision. And, and here, when we look at that, there needs to be a vision for our future. Uh, when we look at the scripture, we see that there are many guiding principles. But God doesn't come down and say, listen, I want you to be a mechanic. He doesn't say, I want you to be a school teacher. We don't open up the word of God and see that God says, I want you to be a butcher. I want you to be an Air Force uh, uh, pilot or uh, in the Air Force or in the Army. Uh, God doesn't say, I want you to be a school teacher. He doesn't say, I want you to be a baker. There are a lot of occupations that are in life. He lets us pick. But do we have any vision for our future? You know, tomorrow's coming. If the Lord tarries his coming, we're going to have a tomorrow. What's that tomorrow going to look like? Are there opportunities there, or are we just going to try to float through life and just hope it's going to get better? We don't see that kind of attitude in the scriptures. We don't see people that are following the Lord's uh, direction just existing. He said, where there is no vision, the people perish. And that's not just for me as a pastor. That's for you as a person. You need to have a vision for your future. He said, well, pastor, I'm... I'm a senior. I've already worked my life. I've already, uh, now I'm in retirement. Life is not over. Life's not over. What's in the future for you? What is there that gets you up out of bed in the morning? There ought to be something. There ought to be something that, that you're looking at and you come to the Lord and, and sure, there are guiding principles, but with those guiding principles, God gives us so much levity. And with that levity, we need to have some vision uh, for our future. Uh, what are we going to do? No matter what we are, where we are, uh, following those biblical principles, but it should help us have a vision for our future. Success and fulfillment and accomplishment uh, in our life uh, will not not be ours just because we wake up. You know, there are a lot of people that are living life hopelessly. God doesn't want us to be without hope. But when you have no vision, you have no purpose. And when there is no purpose, there is a place that we can find ourselves. There is empty. There's a place that we can find ourselves that is hopeless. There's a place that we can find ourselves in despair and depression. Why? Because we have no vision. There need every one of us need to have a vision for our future. A vision. You know, everybody has hurts. 
Everybody has obstacles. Everybody has disappointments. We need to stop acting like we're victims of our circumstances. We need to have a vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. You need a vision for your life. You need a vision that that you can look at and get up in the morning and say, this is what the Lord wants me to do. And you know what that will do? That'll give you some purpose in your day. That'll give you some direction. And we all need that. Proverbs 20, 19, whenever, where there is no vision, the people perish. This uh, uh, quote here is, is one from somebody that I would not consider a hero of the faith, Willie Nelson. Uh, But he said, once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you will start to have positive results. And there's a lot to say about what direction we choose to go in our lives. So we need to have vision, number one, for our future. Number two, have a vision for your family. Have a vision for your family. I think about uh, uh, Noah, uh, Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. Uh, Genesis, easy to find. Go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 7, and uh, look at verse number 1. We'll read a few other verses there as well. But Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee... Have I seen righteousness before me in this generation? Skip down uh, to verse 10. It says, And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. And in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the foundations of the great deep broken up. And the windows of heaven were open. And rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. You know what we find? We, ha- we find that Noah's family was with him. They all got in the ark. They all got in the ark. And you know, a family, you need to have a, you need to have a, a vision for your family. Now, some of you are by yourself. Well, family starts with you. You say, well, I, I don't have a husband or I don't have a wife. Maybe uh, you're a widow or a widow. Uh, maybe uh, you are single. Uh, it starts with you. A family, you, you and yourself. Uh, and, and with that, uh, you need to have a vision uh, for your family, for you. Uh, maybe it's you and a spouse. Maybe your children are already gone and they've grown and gone uh, and others do not have any children. Uh, but, but with that, uh, you and your spouse, you need to have a, uh, a vision for your family. Uh, maybe the kids are still at home. Uh, do you have a vision for your children? Having a vision. What, what do you want to see happen with their life? You're, you're not going to get to make all of the decisions uh, for them, but we need to be setting them up for success. And I'm not just talking about success as in money. I'm talking about a life that is a blessed life. 
You know, school is a tool. It's a tool to help provide them the knowledge, the structure, uh, the social interaction, helping them learn, grow, so when they are on their own, they know how to act. They know how to live. They're prepared for life. And we need to have a vision for our family. Uh, what, what you, uh, do what you can to bring your family along with you in serving the Lord. We need to do whatever we can to bring our family along. Uh, there are no guarantees that our children are going to serve the Lord. But we should do everything that we can to try to bring them to that place. You know, we need to have a vision. It's not just, we had kids and stay out of trouble, don't bother me. So what am I helping them become? What, what teaching, what training is going to help them in the life that God has for them? You see, when we have a vision for ourselves, there's a direction that we're going. Uh, and then as we have a direction in our life, there ought to be a direction that we are trying to help bring our family, uh, helping them still following those guidelines, those basic principles that the Word of God gives us, but then helping them uh, to have a vision for their life and, and not just existing. Uh, and we need to have a vision uh, to bring our family along with us. Uh, how do we do that? We need to love them. We need to nurture them. We need to care for them. We need to teach them. We need to be the example for them. We need to be that role model for them. Uh, and so the pressure comes back on us to make sure we are doing what we can to help bring them to be what they can be uh, for the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, here when we look at this, it's not, a, it's not a promise, it's a proverb. A proverb is a, uh, it is a, uh, a principle to live by. But what God does say in that, uh, he doesn't say that everyone is going to follow the right direction. Uh, but what we find is that that teaching, that training, it'll stick with them. You teach them right, you train them right, and you will find that that, that teaching, that training, it's there. It will be, it'll be a guide in their mind, in their heart. It doesn't mean that they're going to always follow it. You know, we see instruction all through our life, don't we? We, we get in the car and we drive down the road and we see a speed limit sign. But just because we know that the speed limit is 45 or 35 doesn't mean we're going to follow it. But when the police officer pulls behind us, we know, oh, I'm not following the speed limit. There is that reminder. 
that constant reminder. I think about the prodigal son, Luke 15, uh, verse 18. The Bible says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto, my fa- unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Uh, what was it? There was a son uh, who had been given much and he went off and he went the wrong way. And this prodigal, he wasted all with riotous living, with an ungodly lifestyle. Uh, he made terrible decisions. But what do we find? We find that even though he went the wrong way, uh, when he hit bottom, he knew where he needed to go. You know what? Dad was still at home on the front porch. And if dad would have left the front porch, he would have come back and there would have been nobody there to receive him. You know, parents, maybe our kids take some of the detours. Maybe they will make some bad decisions, but you've got to stay faithful. No matter what, you've got to stay faithful. Why? Because they have to know where to come back to. You see, the life that we are living in our faith is a life that will bring blessings. The Christian life is the blessed life. If Let me, let me say this. If there was no heaven... And if there were no hell, the Christian life is still the best life to live. You just think about uh, when we are following the, the biblical principles, think about all the drama that we miss out on. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, there's no hangovers. There's no drug addictions. There's no immoral behavior in relationships. There's, there's not that dishonesty. There isn't that manipulation. All of the drama that sin, sin brings drama. God brings peace. Isn't it a blessing? Now, none of us have arrived and we're all, we all struggle with sin because we are sinners. But the reality is, uh, and I'm thankful that there is a heaven and there is a God who has already forgiven me for my sins so I won't have to go to a devil's hell uh, and that, that has already been cared for. Uh, but there, the life of a believer is the blessed life. It is so good. And you know, as we are living that life, uh, there needs to be a vision for our future. There needs to be a vision uh, for our family, but there needs to be a vision Thirdly and lastly, for our faith. For our faith. Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know what we find is the faith that I have, the trust that I have in God, it is not in vain. It is not a blind faith. It is not an empty faith. My faith in him just keeps growing. You know why it grows? Because he is faithful. He's faithful. He's true. His word proves itself true over and over and over again. And I don't like all of it. But it's true. And when what I like and what God likes 
are different, what I like is wrong. And I don't have to agree with it. You know, when the kids were small, they would they'd be out playing and they'd have their toys all out and, and we'd say, okay, time to pick up the toys. They don't want to pick up the toys. And I don't know how many times that we would come alongside to help them pick up the toys. Right, Rach? And it was David. Oh, it wasn't you. It was just David. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but we'd tell the kids, hey, pick up the toys. And they wouldn't pick up the toys. And as a toddler, I remember uh, grabbing them by the hands. And whether they wanted to pick up the toys or not, they were still picking up the toys. Why? Because I said that they were going to pick up the toys. You know, no toddler's going to have more, nor, they're not going to be any more stubborn than me. They're not going to win. And I remember grabbing their little hands and going over and, and sort of pushing them along, shoveling them along, and reach down, pick up a toy, and I'm squeezing that toy in their hand, and I'd take them over to the toy box, and I'd pull their hand apart. And, and we were going to pick up those toys, and they were going to pick up those toys because they were told to. You know, we have a heavenly Father that knows what's best for us. And sometimes we might enjoy what he is telling us to do. There are other times when we might not enjoy, we might not like or agree with. But what we need to do is realize we're just going to follow him and follow the direction. And in my life, I need to have some vision for my future. I need to have a vision for my uh, family, but I need to have a vision for my faith. Uh, where am I going to go in this relationship that I have with God? Is there going to be a relationship that grows sweeter or am I just going to start backing off? There needs to be a vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 5.1, uh, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And let me tell you, as we are uh, following the faith, we're following uh, the system that God has designed, uh, not just an act of faith, but a life of faith. Our faith is not supposed to be a Sunday activity. It's supposed to be our life. It is, it is supposed to be that, that belief system that guides what I engage in and what I do not engage in. What helps me determine what my purposes are in life. What I am going to strive for, live for. And as a believer, we have a God who has given us his son and we have an opportunity to give him out of a heart of thankfulness our life. You see, our faith, our faith is not just a feeling. Our living by faith is our being, who we are, how we live. It's our interaction with God. And it also is going to impact our inner interaction with mankind, with others. Our knowledge of the Lord and a commitment to his cause. You see, my faith, a vision for my faith is going to include commitment to the Savior, to the expansion of the kingdom of God, 
his cause and his church and his commission, his calling on my life. Not just what I want to do, but what he wants me to do. And see, we need to have vision. There was a church that was struggling, and this, this church got a new pastor, and the pastor came in, and, and the church started seeing some, some new life, and the pastor had vision for the ministry and for the church. And, and in that, he decided to put up Proverbs 2019 right over the pulpit. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The church saw some, some great growth and just a lot of fruitful years and blessings. And after, after some years passed, the pastor uh, moved on to a different ministry and another uh, pastor came in and, and that pastor was gone for many years. Later, he came back to town. And when he came back to town, he wanted to see how the church was doing. And he comes by the church, but there were no cars in the parking lot. The lawn was not mowed and the lights were not on. There were boards over the windows and the doors were locked. A pastor walked around the building and just heartbroken. He grabbed one of those boards and ripped it off and walked into that auditorium. And the seats that had people, had once seated people where people were being saved and lives were being transformed and a church was growing. There was dust and dirt and it was just empty. He sat there and just watched and looked around and his mind was envisioning all the people that used to sit in different spots. But just despair and he thought to himself, I wonder if the sign is still there. And he looked up, and it was still there. But there was one letter that had fallen down. That very first W had fallen off. And that sign said, here, there is no vision. The people perish. That is the reality that can be in every one of our lives. Just because we used to have a vision doesn't mean it will always be there. Just because a church had vision at one point does not mean it will always have that vision. The Lord said, where there is no vision, the people perish. And let's not allow that, that same scenario to happen in our life where it's just one little thing that changed. Well, you know, I just didn't like this. I just changed one thing. You don't know what the impact is going to be. That one little letter changed everything. And in our life, may we have vision. What's your vision? What's your vision for your future? Pastor, I, you know, I'm a layperson. I'm a businessman. I, I, I'm a parent. What's, what's the vision that you have for your future? You need one. What's the vision for your family? And what's the vision 
for your faith. Father, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us. Thank you for being a God who, who has a plan for our lives. And I pray this morning you'll help us, uh, Lord, to have vision. Uh, may it not just be a, a church that has a vision collectively and corporately, but Lord, help us individually to have a vision for the life that you have given to us. And I pray that you would just work in uh, the hearts of each person here this morning and help us today, please, to have vision uh, for what you have for us. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I, I know the Lord as my personal Savior. I've already accepted him. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I've already established that in my life. Pastor, I'm, I'm sure that I'm saved. Uh, nobody's looking around. Just, just slip your hand up. Let me, uh, let's just uh, give the Lord testimony there that you know him as your Savior. All right, you can put your hand down. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I do not know the Lord as my personal Savior. I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. I don't know if I died right now that I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Nobody's looking around. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Just slip, slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. All right. How about it? For all believers, do we have a vision? He said, Pastor, this morning, the Lord spoke to my heart. He put his finger on an area of my life that I need to have vision. Uh, you say, Pastor, that's me this morning. The Lord spoke to my heart. Uh, just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What's your vision? Father, I do pray that you would just continue to work in the hearts of your people. Help us, Lord, to have vision uh, that would align with your will in our lives. So help us to follow you. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The altars are open. The invitation is open. Maybe you just need to come to the altar and bow a knee and talk to the Lord about what he put his finger on in your life this morning. What's your vision? Maybe you're here this morning and you didn't raise your hand, but you should have. Say, Pastor, I, I need to get my eternal destiny nailed down. Let me just encourage you to come. We have pastors down front that can help. Maybe you've been saved and haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe you feel like this is the place where God would have you join. Whatever decision it is, let's make it today. What's your vision? Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.